Welcome to this presentation from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. We are located in the greater Los Angeles area at 9820 Lakewood Boulevard in Downey, California. We would love to have you worship with us any Saturday you are in our area. Today's message is, I am the bread of life. Now, here's Pastor Chris. Good morning, everybody. How are you all doing? Any of you who bleed, bleed, bleed blue are uh, recovering still? Oh, that was painful. All right. Let's pray. God, we thank you for another opportunity to gather together once again as we now look in the I Am statement of you being the bread of life. Be with us. In Jesus' name, amen. It was December 10, 2006. My good friend, uh, Will Sellers, who's now the pastor of the Ridgecrest Church, we both had been planning to go on a backpacking trip for some time, six months at least, when we had first met. We'd both started out together working for the conference, and we thought, okay, we need to do like some kind of adventure, especially you know, before we get married. And uh, so we decided on backpacking up Mount San Bernardino Peak. And so it was, yeah, December 10 in the morning. We got up, I think it was like 4.30. My mom graciously drove us up to the trailhead. We parked one car at the Maumere Creek trailhead, and then we, she took us up to Angela Soaks, that little town before you get to Camp Cedar Falls. So there we got out, we got up, and started heading out, and it was a cold and a little chilly, brisk morning. And as we got out, we started, and it's not something where it's just flat. You're literally going up a mountain, and the first couple of miles, you're going up switchbacks. And so right off the bat, I could tell I was getting tired, and I was huffing and puffing rather quickly. Well, as time went on, I uh, got thirsty. I got hungry. So we stopped. Uh, There's a little kind of a flat, maybe for a mile surface. I forget the name of the bluff. But we are able to have a quick, uh, grab something to eat, something to drink. And at that point, I'd realized I hadn't drank enough water and I hadn't eaten enough. Well, we continued in plodding on. It's probably around maybe 12 o'clock at this point. And finally, around 3 o'clock, we get to Limber Pine Camp. And it's this beautiful, beautiful camp. It's probably around seven or 8,000 feet, and it's on the western part of the whole range. <clears throat> Excuse me. And you could see all of L.A., and if it was a clear day, you could see all the way to Catalina easily, maybe even Mexico. You could see the Sierra Nevadas. And there's this big rock that uh, we'd always gone to, especially as a kid when we backpacked as a teenager. We went up there several times and we would just look at the stars and you would just see how magnificent God's creation is. And that evening, we had to walk another quarter of a mile to get resupplied for water. And you just couldn't get water because it was December, it was colder. And so we literally had to take rocks and we'd have to bash the ice so we could stick the nozzle in to filter the water out. By this point, I was just 
starving because we couldn't eat dried food. Uh, the, the meal, you had to add hot water to it. We had a stove. So we walked another quarter of a mile, and by that point, when you go from 1,000 feet to 8,000 feet in a day, and especially after walking all day, you're exhausted. So we got the water, came back, made dinner. I don't remember what it was, but it was good. It was really good, and I ate all of it. We, uh, we watched the stars, and then we literally went to bed around 7 o'clock, and we woke up at 7 o'clock. <laughs> I had really good sleep that night. I think I maybe woke up at 4 o'clock for a little bit, but otherwise I was so tired. You know, when you're in your 20s, you think you can do anything. You're invincible. You don't hurt the next day like you do as you get a little older. Well, we got up, we had our breakfast, and we still, the plan was to go from Limber Pine Camp, cross over to both, uh, there's the East and West San Bernardino Peak, and then we would go down this unmaintained trail. And as we went up, I could already tell, man, I'm kind of hungry. I'm kind of thirsty. And as we, we hit the top, it was already lunchtime, so we stopped. We had, I think we had curry, and we had water. And then we continued to go down this trail that I thought would be a really fun and great idea. Notice it was an unmaintained trail. And about a mile down, the unmaintained trail literally became unmaintained because leaves covered the trail, and we didn't know where to go. And so we started just kind of trying to hover, and then all of a sudden we came to this ravine, and uh, you couldn't, you had to go across it. And suddenly as we're going across, my foot, my feet actually gave out, and I started to slide on top of the leaves. There was no snow, it was just leaves, and I couldn't necessarily stop. And so I'm trying to dig in to the ground, and I'm wasting a lot of energy because I'm panicking, I'm scared. Finally... I catch myself, but I'd slid in a good distance. Continued on. Eventually, we found the trail again. And by that point, it was about 4 o'clock. And at that point, as we're heading down, we could see the car, but it was at least another mile away. And you know when you're so hungry and you're so tired, you're so exhausted, you want to throw up, but you can't? And so I was feeling this horrible feeling of just being tired, exhausted, and nauseous. So finally, we got to the car. We zipped down. He had to go back to Ventura where he would uh, go help with the feeding. I changed, and I went to San Gabriel Academy for board meeting. And so I show up to board. I really can't think because I'm dehydrated and I'm starving. <clears throat> I get through board meeting, and as I think, okay, let me go find something to eat. And as I draw, got onto Broadway... I started heading east, and I saw the most glorious sign ever, one of the famous and one of the best sandwiches ever, the hat. Oh, yes, you all know what I'm talking about, all right? And I went inside, and I ordered my favorite sandwich at the time, the pastrami sandwich. No dip. Extra mustard and extra pickle. And I, it felt like it was excruciating pain to be able to wait 
for that sandwich because I'm so hungry. I'm so starved. I was so calorically deficient. But when I got that sandwich, I savored that sandwich. I took a huge bite and I chomped onto that bread. And the bread, I don't know what it is about the hat, but their bread is just awesome. And I savored that sandwich. It was a really good sandwich. And all of a sudden, as I had felt horrible and tired and nauseous, suddenly I was brought back to life with energy. And I drove, I think it was a five miles, to get back to my apartment in Arcadia at the time. And I felt alive because I'd known I'd accomplished something great. We'd scaled over 10,000 feet in less than two days. And we were able to uh, safely thank the Lord. Maybe I'll share that story a little later, how we almost died uh, going down a ravine. <laughs> um, we, I was thankful that we accomplished much and that God had saved us and looked out for us. More importantly, I was re-energized. So bread. Today we're talking about the bread, bread of life. In John 6, we find, to give a little context to what we're going to talk about, in the beginning of John 6, we find that it's right before uh, the feast of the Passover. And so Jesus is out, and he's talking to people, sharing And he has compassion on them because they realize they're all looking hungry. And so he asks the disciples, hey, where can we get some food? And scripture says that there was no food nearby. It's not like you can go just down to Del Taco or Taco Bell and, you know, grab a burrito. And so they look, they try to find, and one of the disciples found a boy who had five small barley loaves of bread and two small fish. And so Jesus, he blesses it, he prays over it. The disciples are thinking, what's he going to do? And he starts to hand out the bread and the fish. And somehow, I don't know how this happens, but he manages to feed 5,000 men, as John says. So I'm sure there were women and children as well. So I think that there were probably even more than 5,000 people fed. So much so that there was so much leftovers that they collected. Anybody know how many basketfuls? Twelve basketfuls of leftovers from five small barley loaves and two little fish to twelve basketfuls teeming of leftovers. And then we find that Jesus sends his disciples across the lake to Capernaum. And I'm sure Jesus, he took some time to rest and recuperate, to convene with the Father, being every day that you're healing, teaching, and preaching, emotionally, physically, mentally. That's just got to be exhausting. I only have to speak for 30 minutes. I'm tired afterwards. Imagine doing that all day. And so Jesus, he, he re-energizes, and in the middle of the night, he goes out and he walks to the disciples on the water. And it's there that they finally get to the other side. And the next day, as the crowd wakes up, they realize, hey, where did Jesus go? They only saw one boat leave, so they get to Capernaum. And it's here that in verse 25, when they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, 
When did you get here? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, you're looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and you had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him the God, God the Father, has placed his seal of approval. And then they asked him, what, was, what must we do to do the works God requires? And Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. And so they asked him, what sign will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. That is, it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, it's not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. And then Jesus declares, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Amen? And so Jesus, he shares with them that he is the bread of life. John 6 is deeply rooted in Exodus 16. Anybody know what happens in Exodus 16? It was on the 15th day of the second month that the Israelites had left Egypt and Moses was leading them along and someone starts to complain, hey, what are we going to eat? It was better in Egypt back then. Now you leave us into the desert? And there isn't much here in this desert. And so they're complaining to Moses. And so Moses goes to God. And what does God do? He brings manna in the morning and quail in the evening. And it's there that God literally sustains Israel with quail and manna. God says as well, hey, take that manna, get it in the morning, don't save any except for on Fridays because you want to have a double portion for Sabbath. But yeah, Jesus has been sent by God. Just as God has sent the manna to the Israelites, now God has sent Jesus into the world, being the true bread of life. And Jesus says, hey, I am the bread of life. So much so that Jesus as well, six times he refers to them because they're, they're not quite believing. Who is this guy? He says, Jesus refers that he came down from heaven in verses 33, 38, 41, 50, 51, and 58. Now, when we look at the I am statements, the I am statements of Jesus represents a particular relationship to the spiritual needs of the humans. So, Next week, we're going to talk about Jesus being the light of the world. It talks about 
having light in darkness, having security and a guide and protector, as Jesus shares in the the shepherd, uh, I am the good shepherd and I am the gate. And yet we also find certainty and perplexity when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And we also find when Jesus says, I am the true vine, where we find vitality for productiveness. There is a theme here that God spiritually can lead us to give us hope and a promise that we are not left alone and that God has given us wisdom and strength to move forward together. So as we look to Scripture, we read in verse 28, one of the things, one of the key themes in this as well, in being that Jesus is the bread of life, Jesus as well, they ask him, what must we do to the works God requires? In verses 28, 29, and 47, there's a key uh, word in these in this passage that is profound, especially in the book of John. I think I mentioned this before. So they asked him, and Jesus answered, the work of God is this. Okay, the work of God is this. This is what God asks us to do. To believe in the one he has sent. In verse 47, it says, Very truly I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. God asks that we believe. And as we believe, as we stay faithful, as we desire to know God, is it not natural that if we believe and we fall in love with a God who has loved us, ultimately saved us and died for us, would we not as well want to become like and desire to follow God's leading? It's not so much a matter of doing, but we believe and because we love, we desire to follow God's teachings for us. Amen? So being the bread as well. When we look at verse, uh, the rest of John 6, we find that John uh, verses 35 through 50 reveal who the bread of life is. And in verses 50 through 59 alludes to the Lord's Supper and as well the cross. Now I don't have time to go through this because honestly we could spend a whole month just on this chapter. But let's go over some highlights. So in verse 35, let's start at verse 35. Jesus says again, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And yet he, he in verse 40 again, he says, for my father's will is that everyone who lo- looks to the son and believes in him shall have eternal life and I will raise them up in the last day. And as well in verse 39, it says, And to this is the will of him who has sent me, that I shall lose none of all those he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. We find that God is the one who saves. But yet we as well. God gives us the freedom to choose. And one of the sad things is we do actually have the possibility of rejecting God. But God's desire is that God's desire to save all. Pauline, John Pauline says, Salvation comes to no one apart from the express will of God, yet no one is saved who has not voluntarily 
chooses to come. It is God's desire that we come to him, that we believe. And we have the opportunity, if we truly believe, to choose Christ. Choose to believe in the one who claims who is the bread of life. And the bread of life, what is bread? What, what is the purpose of bread other than to be delicious? Bread is food, and food provides energy. Much like a car. Can you get very far without gas? No, or now, let me, excuse me, electricity. I don't want to, I don't want those who are, uh, have electric vehicles, I want to leave you out. All right? So, bread, bread is life-sustaining. Bread gives you energy. And if we feed on, when we look to the bread of life and we look to the teachings of Jesus, when we feast on the teachings of Jesus and we learn, we discover that God gives us a whole abundance of life lessons. And not just life lessons, but to learn who God ultimately is, a God of love, of grace. And if we want to know that God, should we not desire to partake and learn and grow and know of the bread that has come down and to know who God is? There are so many things here. And yet we find that in verse 41, then they begin to grumble because he says he's the bread of life. And then they say, is this not Jesus, son of Joseph and Mary? How can we know he says, I've come down from heaven? So the skepticism is still strong. And Jesus says, stop grumbling among yourselves. It is written in the prophets, they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard the Father and learned from him comes to him. No one has seen the Father except the one who is from God. Only he has seen the Father. And very truly I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. And then he refers back to the fact, look, your ancestors ate the manna in the desert. And now God has sent me. And as we, as he then goes on, he then says, um, I am the living bread that comes down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. And then they're thinking, well, Jesus, are you asking us now to be cannibals? That's what they're probably thinking. And as well, as he says in verse 53, Very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up the last day, for my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them. And just as the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. So obviously now, Jesus at times... He would say things that would shock the people. And it's here that Jesus is not being literal, but he's giving an illustration. Because interestingly enough as well, when we look at the book of John, 
There is no account of a last supper. They share a meal in John 13 where Jesus as well teaches them the ordinance of humility. When we have communion, we wash one another's feet. And Jesus exhorts us to do this, to remind us of the humility that is called, uh, that Jesus expects of us to be of his disciples. But in John 6, Jesus takes a different tact. Rather than having an explanation of the Lord's Supper, it's here in John 6 that Jesus describes and realizes that he is the bread. Now, we also look forward to it when, uh, not look, as, as we look towards the end of the Gospels, we find that Jesus, when he is on the cross, his bro- body is what? Is it not broken? And yet as well, when the soldier as well pierces his side, is his blood not shed? And here it's an illustration where we find that the bread and the juice, or the wine, are emblems of his suffering, but the great cost, how much he loved us, that he would die, rather die than to live without us. And it's on that day when he died and he rested and he rose again that, thank the Lord, he has conquered death. And he grants us, he, gives, he wants to give us a life of hope, of peace, and if we believe as well, salvation. Have you ever forgone, uh, gone, uh, forgone food at a time for a certain time? Sorry. Have you ever forgone food for an extended period of time? And when you received the food, were you grateful? Some of us have, I'm sure. I've forgone food, but it wasn't because of. Uh, it wasn't some great uh, plan. I just had been walking all day and forgotten to eat. Let's switch that now too, though. Have you ever gone for a certain amount of time? Have you ever been at a point in your life where maybe you're feeling desperate? And frankly, honestly, you want to give up. And maybe, maybe you're feeling that right now. Sometimes you wake up and you ask, is it really worth it anymore? There's a lot of pain. I'm angry. Whatever it may be. But then, you got a break. <clears throat> Maybe somebody out of the kindness of their heart shared something with you, gave you a good word, you read something, and you changed your life, and you have a different perspective. How did it make you feel? I'm sure at one point when I was desperate, I felt grateful when somebody reached out and listened to me. I was able to share the challenges that I was dealing with and didn't even have to say anything. I just needed to share. And that person listened to me. And the person eventually shared something with me that gave me hope and gave me promise in the fact that, number one, I'm not alone in this journey. There are others And as well, just as a church, we are here to support and to grow and walk together in Christ. We are not alone. 
In 2007, I was in Berrien Springs, and there's this little sandwich shop on the main strip called Baguette de France. And it has some of the best sandwiches I had ever tasted in my life. One particular, there was an egg sandwich and a pastrami sandwich, and I don't know what was in the sauce, but the way that the sauce melted into the bread was awesome. And I went there at least probably five times in a matter of two weeks. And then I had to wait another four or five years to be able to experience those sandwiches again. And when I did, I tried to go almost every day because they were awesome. The bread, the dressing, the vegetables, everything, the cheese that was in it made it awesome. I really look forward, and I haven't had that sandwich in eight years, and I'm very sad. I want to go back. I look forward, hopefully one day, to being able to go back to Baguette de France. But I look even more forward to the fact of when the bread of life comes back in glory and gives us life, hope eternal, and we will be able to be together with the bread of life. So if you're hungry, whether it be physically or spiritually, feast on the bread of life. Search God's word. Search God, Jesus' teachings in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, because in them, they are life-sustaining spiritually. Feast on the words of Jesus to not only discover a God of hope and of love, but how God can also lead you and how you interact with others how to be faithful, how to be caring, to be sharing. Things that are necessary for life are all can be found in the scriptures. So feast on the I am the bread of life. Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you for the fact that, Lord, you came down here into this world to save us. And yet, Lord, even at the body where you was broken and bruised and battered, and as well, Lord, the blood that was shed, you conquered death and came back to life. And it's because of that, Lord, that we can truly say (coughs) that you are our Savior. Lord, be with those who are struggling today, whether it be financial, physical, and yet even, Lord, mentally and perhaps even spiritually who are questioning, are you real? God, make it evident in their lives. And yet, Lord, as well, may we be a church that lives life together to grow and to support. Be with us in everything that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Grace and peace. We hope you have been blessed by this message from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. You can find more messages at www.downeychurch.com. God bless.